edition of the Nate Taylor Show. Nate Taylor covers the Kansas City Chiefs for The Athletic. Nate, how you doing today, my man? Busy. Busier than I thought I would be, Carrington. I'm trying to finish these, like, feature stories, and all of a sudden we got some news from the NFL. But I'm doing well, man. I, I watched. I enjoy being on my couch for the random Sunday in the regular season where the Chiefs don't have to play. I was just going to ask you, it's not very often that you just have Sundays in the fall off. Not even a Friday or a Saturday. <laughs> Normally, you're getting something ready. You're writing yep, something. Right. How does a Nate Taylor spend a free Sunday? So, obviously, me and my kid played Madden, like, first thing in the morning. Like, the boy, my boy Hayden, he's seven. He's getting, uh, he's getting really into football. He's really into baseball. But he enjoys playing Madden. Um, are you guys playing the new one? Or are you guys playing the old one? We're, we're, we're playing last year's version. I haven't gotten, I, I usually wait until they put it on discount basically um, smart move with that video game franchise i mean i'm trying <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying he hasn't uh he hasn't realized that a new one comes out before every season so until he learns that we just we should, we should get the new one later so of course i asked him like what do you want to do and he's like i want to pass ball on every play and i'm like i love you <laughs> i could just let's let's pass ball on every play then my dad came over um my brother-in-law came over and you know, obviously Holly's there, my wife, and so we ordered gates, and we just watched football for like what nine hours, nine ten hours. It's it's incredible. I you know sometimes you forget because you know like you said I'm working. I'm usually just watching the Chiefs game. I'm trying to get in the locker room and ask the right questions and get out the little details. I'm like what does this mean for the season? Big picture, small picture. But man, we can just watch the red zone for hours. I'm like, oh, this is why it's why it's for super popular. <laughs> like Nick Chubb scores a touchdown. I'm like, hey, so I'm a fantasy team. Like, oh, I get it now. So it's it's cool to like eat way too much barbecue, watch way too much football, and then all of a sudden it's like ten o'clock and you're like, wow, that was the whole day. And then you hug everybody and <laughs> everybody leaves and you go to bed and so no, it was it was a it was a great day. The weather was actually nice pretty Pretty nice too, but although I did not go outside much, we we tossed the football around a little bit during the boring portion of the second late afternoon games. But now I'm gonna toss it around that whole Sunday night football game too. <laughs> <laughs> that whole football game was watch a movie with the wife time. <laughs> she she was cool with it because she knows it's like the one. I, I think they had the Monday night game. I guess is a home game, so I'll get another one of these pretty soon when they play Oakland. But no, nah, man, it's it's cool. Everybody understands. I mean, I don't know how how fun it is for people to like, you know, like exposing my dad to red zone is amazing because he's just like they just yeah no there's no commercials like you have to be really strategic when you want to get up off the couch and like go get food go get drink go to the restroom like no these games just keep going man like they don't so exposing my dad to that was was really fun and then yeah you could just kind of look at like how the landscape of the league is. Um, when the Chiefs are already 2-0. and So let's start with the breaking story, top story, however you want to call it now at this point. I'm sure people know that Willie Gay Jr. is going to be suspended for the next four games of the season. You and I talk about football pretty regularly, even in the offseason. Right. Did you know this was coming? Did the <laughs> Chiefs think this was coming? Did the Chiefs think this was a possibility that Willie Gay would be suspended for four games? That, that's a really good way of framing this, Carrington, because like, what we had talked about in the offseason was more about Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, like Frank Clark is like pleading. Like this is like it, it's going to wrap up and it's not like, you know, 
most people would describe this as a victimless crime, but like he had he had a weapon in his car, exposed, <laughs> under arrest. And what's fascinating is like you talk to so many people in the league, you talk to people in the Chiefs, and like that was a big thing that I was concerned about was like this seems like you could put it under um, under the umbrella of violating the personal conduct policy. Uh, the league is not suspended, Frank. The Chiefs have been informed that that's probably not going to happen. Um, and then all of a sudden today, um, as I'm working on some other things, it's just like, oh, they're going to suspend Willie Gay. And you're like, what? Um, and so you just get like this, you know, I'm on the NFL's email list. We understand what their transactions are, like who gets waived, who's, you know, on the practice squad or whatever. And then it just comes out today that Willie Gay is going to be going to be suspended four games for violating the, the personal conduct policy just because of an altercation he had, you know, with the mother of his child back in January, which was during the playoff run. Um, and they didn't suspend him then. Like, the team didn't discipline him. Um, they let the legal system play out, which basically was done, I believe, in June. And then the league's own investigation, on my understanding, was concluded in July. So either right before or right during the start of training camp. So for them to make this decision today is a bit perplexing. And I also find it odd, too, that, like, Roger Goodell made this decision based on his interpretation of the rule. And then Willie Gay is not going to appeal this. But also, the league has not publicly stated why the suspension is four games versus two versus six versus really what Goodell could ultimately decide for such a for such a punishment. Um, but it's it was a bit odd for the timing. And I don't think the Chiefs were really aware that this was going to come down so soon or at such an odd part of the season, like before the season opener against September 11th. But, like, it's now before they go on this really interesting stretch of the next four games where they obviously will play the Indianapolis Colts on Sunday. And then the, that four-game stretch ends with probably one of their biggest games of the year against the Buffalo Bills. That's what, to me, is so interesting about this is from what I read from Tom Pelissero, mm-hmm. he entered a diversion program in June. Right. June is the sixth month in the calendar. Mm-hmm. We are now in the ninth month of the calendar. Correct. You had all July. Yes. You had all August. Seems like it. And half of September to come to this conclusion. Right. Why is there no process or more transparency where, all right, if you're going to suspend Willie Gay Jr., you suspend him. But that needs to be a week one through four suspension, not a week three through seven suspension. That part of the process to me is just confusing. And I think a lot of fans have the exact same question. Right. How can you have all this information for three months and then make the decision once the season has started to suspend a player for an entire month of the year? I think the Chiefs are asking the same questions, Carrington. I think the Chiefs will be with the league office tomorrow to try to get some clarity about this. And then, uh, you know, based on the team's media availability on Wednesday, you know, we'll ask about this and hopefully get some information. But, you know, when a decision comes down at basically 4 o'clock central time, you know, I'm basically, you know, trying to talk to as many people in the league, within the team. Um, You know, Willie hasn't commented on this decision yet. And at the same time, you're just like, none of this makes sense. The league was so concerned about Deshaun Watson's situation, which is, Totally different, but he also was under the league's personal conduct policy. So if it was such an important thing for him to get his 
basically ruling decided and finalized before the season started. I don't understand why that doesn't apply to a Frank Clark or to a Willie Gay when, again, those incidents occur months before. And as you said, his agreement based on the court was to have this all decided by June. He paid the motherish child less than $1,000 back for damages as part of the altercation. Um, but it's, I don't know, Carrington, we don't have all the answers. And that's like kind of unfortunate. But the league, after I questioned them over the course of a couple of phone calls, I got some emails back. There was some written, you know, it was written down, you know, stuff that they've basically sent me. And based on some spokesperson, and this is not Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell did not give out a statement today, although somebody from the league gave a more thorough statement to why Mike Evans was suspended one game based on their on field altercation with the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Mike Evans is the wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, but yeah, I was informed that the league ruling was final, that Willie will not appeal, and that essentially the statement from the NFL through a spokesperson today was um, he will be suspended without pay for the next four games for a violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy. Willie, or Willie Gay Jr., is eligible to return to the Chiefs active roster on Monday, October 17th, which is the following day after they play the Buffalo Bills. So um, the league has not given you any reason as to why they made this decision or to why the timing of this decision came today. That part to me is wrong. This is what my proposal would be. If you want to hear my proposal to fix this. <laughs> well, it's, it's got to be better than what we, what we, sell, what we saw today. There what needs what to we be... know as of now. There are definitely degrees of this. Uh-huh. I understand why Roger Goodell is in the middle of the Deshaun Watson situation. That's a situation that's on the Today Show on Good Morning America. That's mm-hmm. not what the Willie Gay Jr. situation is. There should be a committee. This is their responsibility to right. handle these kind of infractions. If you are in trouble with the law, there's a seven-person committee that goes over these things, does it, mm-hmm. and then they release a statement, this is our findings, this is why we have come to the conclusion for this suspension. The league is a multi-billion dollar industry. Right. How can there be questions and a shroud of mystery around why players are missing time and losing hundreds of thousands of dollars in game checks? Like That part to me just doesn't really make any sense. I understand that Goodell right. is busy and can't do everything. But you can take some of the money that you got and appoint a committee, and this is Sue L. Robinson's one job is to read through these things and then hand your findings over to the league and Goodell can deal with the big fish as opposed to incidents like this. Yeah, because, you know, weirdly, as you know, as I understand the league's rules, when a player is suspended four games, you know where my first thought went, Carrington? It was, did he, did he test positive on a drug test? Like, that's where my initial thought was. And then, of course, you're like, well, yeah, he still had that incident in, in January. And so now you're trying to decide or trying to figure out because, again, the league, it took it took them a while to get the messaging out, honestly, which I think was uh, a fumbling on their part. But then it's like, OK, it's a violation of the personal conduct policy. You make a great point. You know, um, if you want transparency, this is an easier way to do it, to have a committee to, to sort of tell them this is why this is four games versus why a previous precedent or a previous example was two games versus six games. Um, you know, Willie, you know, the, the league at times has been willing to give a harsher punishment, harsher punishment, excuse me, for, you know, multiple offenders. 
you know, Willie Gay has not had an issue before. Um, and that is weighed sometimes into like, hey, this is why this person got this versus why uh, this player got that because he was, a, you know, this was a second violation of the policy or the drug policy. Um, you know, sometimes the easier things don't get done, which is to just say, here's why. Um, for greater details about the incident that occurred, the Overland Park police in a report said that the woman felt threatened, which is serious. She alleges Willie pushed her. Um, so that's the one, you know, contact that we have. Um, although there were no injuries through the police report. And essentially he did not want to leave their house or did not want to leave her house, excuse me, as they were arguing. So it was up until the police were called and until they arrived that Willie was willing to leave the premise. Um, now this altercation was, you know, in large part due to uh, their son who was born just a few months earlier. Um, and Willie in, in snippets here and there is explained publicly what that did to him from a mental standpoint. Um, I, you know, I think he sort of apologized for the incident and it'll be fascinating to see what he says when he comes back from his suspension. But ultimately I think he probably felt he wasn't going to get suspended for something like this, but the league has made it very clear and not the best train of thought that if a woman feels threatened, if a woman has encountered sexual violence or physical violence or verbal abuse, that they want to take a pretty harsh stance on that um, as part of their personal conduct policy. And the person who makes the decision on that and how you interpreted it is really Roger Goodell. So even if Willie Gay would have appealed, that process would still run through Roger Goodell. So whatever he found is what he was likely going to continue that being the ruling, the final resolution to this incident. Right now, we're talking to Nate Taylor on the Nate Taylor Show. Coming up on the other side, I want to get your opinion on what's the football ramifications of all of this. He is a starter. Yep. He is the guy that plays 55, 60% of the snaps. What does it mean for the Chiefs to not have Willie Gay for the next month? It's the Nate Taylor Show here live on 610 Sports Radio. No Willie Gay Jr. for the next month is the Nate Taylor Show. Carrington here, Nate Taylor here. Let's talk about it from a football perspective. What does this mean for the Chiefs to not have one of their starting linebackers for the next month? Well, um, it means that you're going to have to rely even heavier, heavily on Nick Bolton. I, the burden, man, on, on Nick Bolton, the second-year linebacker, the first year with the green dot, is getting, is getting massive. Um, here's my best suggestion, Carrington, and I wonder what, what our listeners think of this. But, yes, Nick Bolton is, is usually the Mike linebacker. Willie Gay has been weak side. Leo Chanel has been strong side. Let's keep Leo where he is because he's a rookie. Let me, let's me let just figure out his role, his responsibilities within the play game, with the, within the game plan, basically. I think they probably should move Nick Bolton to weak side, which is a position he played at times last year. And you're probably going to ask a lot from Darius Harris, who, you know, hasn't had a ton of starts in his career, but he is the backup Michael linebacker, um, and he had a he had a pretty impressive preseason, um, but they're gonna have to really gang tackle, and you might have to add someone like Brian Cook, a rookie line 
linebacker slash safety hybrid in that role. He got an anger issue. Well, he had two personal foul penalties. He on, got on special teams. He got like little man syndrome. He couldn't wait to fight somebody <laughs> on another team. I don't know what he was on. I was like, he fights. Them. Look, man, the Chargers. The Chargers must have saw something or heard something and said, like, we can, we can, we can trigger this man very easily. Um, but yeah, it's it's not, it's not the ideal situation. Uh, but they do have Darius Harris. That's probably who they're going to use in Willie Gay's absence. I just think. Nick Bolton probably has more athleticism, so he should be sideline to sideline more. And hopefully Harris can, you know, be functional in the middle of your defense. How do you think Elijah Lee factors into all of this? That's an interesting question, too, because Elijah Lee does have more experience in terms of games, in terms of starts. But they've used him really exclusively on special teams so far. There's been a couple snaps sort of late in games and against the Arizona Cardinals where he got some snaps. But I don't know. You, you could try that route. I'm not... I'm not against it if you want to keep Nick Bolton as the middle linebacker and use Elijah Lee as your as your weak side guy. Um, all this all this really tells me, at least for this week, with Jonathan Taylor and the Colts is who is the best tackler of those linebackers. If it's Harris, then play Harris with Nick Bolton. If it's Lee, you feel like is a more secure tackler in the open space on a downhill runner, then use him next to Bolton. Um, but really, Bolton's going to have to have double-digit tackles in Sunday's game. And as we see how this plays out against the Colts, then you sort of manage it from there. But I don't think, you know, I don't think Leo Chanel's going to, you know, get more responsibility because Willie Gay's absent. I think you should probably lean on the more veteran players. One frustration I have with this regarding Willie Gay being out for the next month is, it just always seems like once his career has a chance to kind of get rolling and get oh, some momentum, yep. something always happens. Mm-hmm. Now, this is self-inflicted. I don't want to make this in the same category as an ankle injury or right or his toe injury from last year. Something like that. But it, it does feel like a little one step forward, two steps back, at least so far in his yeah. career. Um, people might be wondering, why is Willie Gay important to the defense? Well, last year... He was literally the demarcation, Carrington, as to like, oh, they were historically bad when he was absent because of his toe injury. The moment he got some real playing time against the New York Giants, they immediately got better because all of a sudden, hey, that easy completion to the running back, that will go for seven yards because he's just going to be in open space or, you know, maybe Anthony Hitches can't get there like he used to. Well, that's. That's going to be harder now. Hey, that that easy pass to the tight end in the middle of the field, well, Willie Gay's going to have a presence, and maybe he'll, you know, get a pass deflection. You know, there was a chance that Willie Gay should have had an interception against Justin Herbert late in that second half if he catches the football. But, yeah, I mean, he didn't play a ton as a rookie because, I mean, we know Steve Spagnuolo. He's, <laughs> if Anthony Hitches is there, why would I play the rookie? Second year, missed almost half the season because of his toe injury, and then – they didn't utilize him a ton on third downs, even in the playoffs, which I think was to their detriment on defense. And now he's got this four-game suspension when he was playing probably the best two-game stretch to start a season in his career. So it's um, it's something that the team will have to get better at. But all this informs me, and we knew this to be true, Carrington, is Nick Bolton's got to stay healthy. Nick Bolton's got to be productive. Nick Bolton's got to be almost Pro Bowl level good now uh, for their defense in the middle to stay intact. 
And it puts a lot more pressure on the pass rush. I mean, Chris Jones has got to be, you know, a force in the middle on his own. And then they're going to have to continue to get consistent production out of George Karloftis, who's been promising so far. You know, Carlos Dunlap got a sack against the Arizona Cardinals. And Frank Clark, at least when it got into those late quarter must-pass situations, he did get pressure. He did a a couple hits on Justin Herbert. So if that pass rush continues to get better, maybe it affects Matt Ryan on Sunday. um, And it helps the linebackers make those tackles when the running backs, when the tight ends have the ball in, in the open field. One thing about Willie Gay is he really jumps off the screen. Oh, it's not me. even it's it's him it's him and everybody else. He's a guy that you get it. I remember there was a story in uh, the uh, Marcus Dupree documentary where they were like, "Hey, I want you to see who we're here to see." It's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we're here to see that guy." You don't need to take a whole lot of <laughs> right, time right. to know. All right, this is who we came to see. I get how Willie Gay was a second round pick. Oh yeah, I get why people are so like. I thought he flew around and made plays Mm -hmm. against the Los Angeles Chargers that outside of Nick Bolton, and you could say Leo Chennault, but again, he's a guy who's only played two NFL games. Right. I don't know if they have that guy currently on their roster that just flies around at that position and can make plays the way that Willie Gay does. Right. And, And now you might be asking for more blitzes from Spags. You might need Justin Reed to come down and play more closer to the line of scrimmage versus this sort of interchangeable safety two tandem safety look they've been given with uh with Juan Thornhill and yeah um really jumps off the page I mean he's their most athletic defender probably outside of Chris Jones now it's easier to see Willie Gay because he's running sideline to sideline in the open field whereas Chris Jones is just a 6'6 athletic freak in the trenches who has more quickness than you know most guards can deal with um I just what you don't want to happen is there to be a disruption in his rhythm when he does come back. Because they play the San Francisco 49ers right before their bye week when he is eligible to return. Um, and so it's going to take some time for him probably to get back in rhythm, but you hope that he and Nick Bolton um, can really just play off of one another. Like, they could be one of these best, you know, linebacker tandems in the league, one of these best young duos on defense but you got to be on the field to to demonstrate it, and um, I just I just think we're gonna find a lot we're gonna find out a lot about Nick Bolton because he had it he was learning from Anthony Hitchens everybody saw his talent he played more in the postseason than I think people sort of expected or realized they just gave him the green dot immediately like hey you're just the leader of the defense as a second as a second year player and now we're gonna add more to your plate because the guy who's supposed to be next to you that sort of you know, operate in the middle. Well, he's gone for four weeks, so we need you to we need you to take care of not only the defense as a whole to get you lined up and get you properly adjusted to whatever the offense presents. You know, pre-snap, but we need you to just be even more of a tackling machine over over four weeks, and we'll see if you can we'll see if you can play at such a high level um, that the defense doesn't drop off statistically too much of a cliff. All right, coming up on the other side, I want to get your take on this Sunday. You watched a lot of football. I watched a lot of football. There were three absolutely crazy <laughs> endings. I want to get your read on them next. It is the Nate Taylor Show live on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You are listening to the Nate Taylor Show on 610 Sports Radio. 
You and I were doing the same thing, watching Red Zone, mm-hmm. eating good, watching mm-hmm. football with the family this Sunday. What was your biggest takeaway? What was the craziest thing you saw? <laughs> um, I thought Cliff Kingsbury was going to get fired, Carrington. I thought he was going to get fired in like week two or week three. They didn't score a point in the first half against the Raiders. And then they then they somehow won the game on a just wild fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, Kyler Murray did Kyler Murray things, which I think, you know, hey, one of these defenses contained this man. The other one is the Las Vegas Raiders. So from the from a divisional standpoint, that sort of jumped out. Um, we just talked about it in the break. I mean, hey, the Jets won a game they weren't supposed to win. I still don't understand it. I I, I watch Joe Flacco drove him down the field twice. Twice. In, I watched every single minutes. play of the comeback. <laughs> every single play of the comeback. Because I had red zone on the bottom TV. Right. You just couldn't look away. And then I had on the top TV, and I had the Jets plus six and a half. Okay. So they were down 13. So I'm like, hey, a garbage time touchdown. Let me just turn here for a little bit. Let me see if they get it. Two plays later, Jamison Williams in the end zone. I'm happy. I'm like, hey, yeah. that's a win. On a, on a deep ball, right? That he was wide, wide open, open. Wide open. And then they do the onside kick. I'm like, hey, let me just see what happens. And I'm like, hold <laughs> on. They're about to win this outright. Like, they're about to win the game. So I, I watched the entire two-minute stretch yeah. from start to finish. It, right. was, it was crazy. If you me. if you would have given me the option, hey, Nate, who's, who's going to throw the, the soul-crushing game-ending pick? I probably would have picked Joe Flacco over 100%. over Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett was like, I see this magic. Let me let me throw it right to the defender. Oh, so you know, it was um that was I mean, that was a magical game. And I know I wonder what it was like for you, Carrington. You know, we've seen it all before. Hey, teams down, need a big play. You know where they're going. Defense knows where they're going. Fans know where they're going. Watching Tyreek Hill on a 21-point comeback in the fourth quarter, not with the Chiefs, in just his second game with the Dolphins, that also jumped out to me, too, because it was like, hey, if the Chiefs are down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, they will not have that option, or we assume not that easy of an option to throw the ball 50 yards downfield and just not have anybody cover this man. Or, you know, if you're Baltimore, why, why why are we letting this man get deep? on one-on-one, like one-on-one coverage. I talked to Mitch Holtz about this earlier today when he came on our show. Mm -hmm. And I told him that sometimes we look at trades like there can be winners and losers. Sometimes there can be winners and winners. Like both both sides can benefit from a trade. Right. I see why the Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. I also see why the Dolphins traded for Tyreek Hill. Yes. And both teams to me are benefiting from the decision. The Chiefs have more flexibility, more cap space, you have George Karloftis because you traded Tyreek Hill. Essentially. And and Trent McDuffie. Yeah. Right. And and the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. You also needed another weapon. You needed that with Tua. Yeah. You needed it. Yeah. Cause because him with um Jalen Waddle is just it's it's a nice it's a nice little pair. because uh, they can get open. Uh obviously we know what they can do in space. And yeah, it, it alleviates some of the coverages for Tua to sort of operate within. So, you know, now it's, you know, it's not, it's never going to be what it was for Tua when he was at Alabama, right? Where just dudes were just wide open. And, you know, the whole receiving core went into the NFL. But, hey, you got Mike Gesicki, you got 
Tyreek Hill, you got Jalen Waddle. Like that's one of them dudes is going to be open most of the time. So it does make it easier on the quarterback. But yeah, you know, you knew this day was coming when they made the trade in March. Was like, hey, Tyreek Hill's going to have like a highlight or a game where you're just like, oh yeah, he used to do that for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's what made them so hard to guard because obviously Mahomes is brilliant on his own. Um, but those were the games that really jumped out to me. It was like, wow, you know, the Raiders are somehow 0-2, even though I don't think they're the worst team in the division in the AFC. The Jets somehow won a game they had no business winning, and Tyreek Hill, 2-0 with the Dolphins. I didn't necessarily see it when the schedule came out, Carrington. I didn't but, see it either. But, 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 hey, you know, they might be a team to to keep an eye on for January, and maybe, depending on how the bracket falls, maybe maybe those two teams do play one another, the Chiefs and the Dolphins. How would you describe how the Raiders lost? <sighs> I wouldn't call it a collapse. But I will say that um, their defense isn't good. And they masked their defense really well for a half. And then Kyler Murray was like, oh, if I just run, <laughs> if I just run around... Like, that secondary can be exposed. And so, um, I feel like the Raiders have pretty good pieces, and I think they're better than Denver. But they should be disappointed that they came somewhat close to, to making it competitive against the Chargers, and they should have won the game yesterday against the Arizona Cardinals, who looked lifeless for six quarters to start the season. And then all of a sudden... Kyler Murray did ginger man, man things. He was just the ginger man, man, just running around, just I'll run 85 yards for a two-point conversion and get away with it. They said that Kyler Murray ran 82 yards. 82 yards, excuse on me. On that play. Yeah, I mean, just, just think about it. 82, 82 yards, yards over the course of that play. And, and, like, and did, still had energy to go. And didn't throw the football. <laughs> and still had energy to go. It was a passing play that ended <laughs> in a two-yard run. <laughs> yeah, and still, and still had energy to go. It's just absolutely crazy to me. All right, let's let's take one more break here. Coming up, I want to get your opinion on this. It's not a Monday Night Football true doubleheader. Mm-hmm. It's an overlap doubleheader. So right now there are two NFL games on. There's one on ESPN, one on ABC. Get your thoughts on that. Also talk more about the AFC West. They got a lot of hype on paper, but is not living up to the mm-hmm. preseason expectation. That's all coming up. It is the Nate Taylor Show here live on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Having a lot of fun here at The Nate Taylor Show. Every Monday we do this thing here from 7 to 8. We hand things off to Dusty Likens after us. The AFC West. The biggest, baddest division that the NFL has ever seen. (laughs) I made this joke about the Bengals, and I think it applies to the AFC West as well. Now, I say this as someone who just got the new iPhone. But every year we are told how the iPhone is new and innovative. And I start using it, and I'm like... You really did it. This is uh, is just like it was two years ago. This is the same. This is... uh, It's a little faster. The camera's uh, a little better. It's faster for now. Yeah, this, you know what I mean? The camera's a little better, but uh, I don't know how much better this is. Uh, the AFC West feels like the same. The AFC West is the same. 
The Chiefs are really good. Mm-hmm. We think the Chargers can be good. Right. The Raiders and the Broncos are struggling. Eh, kind of eh. How is this any different than last year? Oh, hey, they like the Raiders got Devontae Adams, Carrington, and like Russell Wilson, who's won Super Bowls, who, by the way, has a 58.9 completion percentage. Oh, oh. Now, look, they, they work some things out in Denver, like clock management and when to kick field goals. Everything and, they're working and, on. And red zone offense. Like, so, hey, he's thrown, Russell Wilson's thrown two touchdowns in two games. With an interception. So it it could be better. Um, I thought this division had three playoff teams. Uh, I don't know about that now, Carrington. They, they, the division might just have two. It might just be Chiefs and Chargers. Now, the Chiefs and Chargers played. So that's why the Chargers have maybe one loss where if they had played somebody out of division for the second game, they may be 2-0 alongside the Chiefs. Um, but... The Raiders don't have a good defense, Carrington. Like, like they have, they have Max Crosby, they have Chandler Jones, and that's about it. Um, I think Derek Carr's fine, but they have a tough schedule. Um, I don't believe in the Broncos. I just maybe they'll get it right with Nathaniel Hackett, Carrington. What has the last two weeks told us, though? I think he's the worst coach in the league. Thank you. <laughs> Moving on. I think he's the worst coach in the league. <laughs> So we're really putting a lot of, of of trust, a lot of faith in Brennan Staley to get the Chargers right, to get them going in the right direction. And I do think Bosa, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, like that's a real, that's some real pass rushing heat. And they have a, they probably have the best secondary in the league or in the division, I should say, with Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. and J.C. Jackson, who also got cooked by Justin Watson on Thursday's game. So, hey. The Chiefs are really good. Maybe the Chargers are good. Other two teams are kind of eh. You, 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 you might, you might be on to something, Carrington. You're, you're a smart fella. The Raiders show the difference to me of like the margins. The Raiders could have won both of their games. True. They lost both of their games though. Their offensive line isn't very good. I agree, but they could have. They could have beat the Chargers and left a lot on the table in the Chargers uh-huh. game. Right. They should have won on Sunday against the Cardinals. Like a, they a, a literal lifeless team in at halftime. And you somehow let them just hang around until until they beat you. It just goes to show you why the NFL is the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know? We could be looking at the Raiders right now 2 and 0, they're the toast of the league, you feel good about them. You lose both of those games and now we're mocking Josh McDaniels. Like that's just kind of how this thing goes. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels' record as a coach. Don't look it up, kids. It's not great. It's 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 I getting thought, worse. I thought this while we were talking this off season. You know how bad things got to go for you to get fired in the middle of your second year of coaching. It's not like Josh McDaniels coached the Broncos <laughs> for four years and they fired him. He got fired in the middle of year two. <laughs> yeah, it's things got to go really bad. And I know people around the league think he's really good offensively. He has not shown us anything aside from Bill Belichick to make us think that he can or do Or Tom this. Brady. Or Tom Brady. Um, yeah, you know, Tom Brady. Robert I actually Kowski. think last year he, he, was, he was okay with Mac Jones. Just given Mac Jones known limitations, he was okay last okay. year. Okay. Oh, sure. <laughs> okay, sure. sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to sure. argue with you. I'm not even going to argue. I have my own show. This is the Nate Taylor show. No, I'm not going to no, argue no, with it's you. I'm not going to argue with you. Sure. I mean, sure. I'll give it. I will, on second thought, Sure. Uh, but, yeah, I just <sighs> – here's the problem for Russell Wilson. 
Um, one receiver was down before the season began, Tim Patrick. Now you got Jared Judy down. Um, Cortland Sutton is like all they got, but like he's not, he's not elite in my opinion. He's very good, but he's not like he's not Stephon Diggs, who we're watching on Monday Night Football. <sighs> they don't have an elite tight end. Offensive line can kind of leave much to desire. Like Russell Wilson's gonna have to do magic, Carrington. Like I think the Bronco. I think most of the Broncos games will be close because their defense is competent. Um, and then Russell Wilson's gonna have to just make some really, really nice plays under duress or tough circumstances in the fourth quarter. And I mean, they're gonna have to win in spite of Nathaniel Hackett. Like it's just, it's not, it's not what it was built up to be. You know, um, hey, coaching matters in the league. Andy Reid. <laughs> coaching <Going> matters. <laughs> Andy Reid, going into the Hall of Fame. Brennan Staley, I think he's smart. Let, let, let's let's see progress from year one to year two. Hey, it's only two games. I'm not sure about Nathaniel Hackett. Like you say, Brennan Staley, I think he's smart. I, what trips I, me I out can't, about Nathaniel I can't Hackett, say he's smart based yeah, on what, what I've seen. What trips me out about Nathaniel Hackett is he's grew up in the league. If there's I, anybody that should understand <sighs> basic situations... It should be Nathaniel Hackett. Right. They look so disorganized. Mm-hmm. They, like the, the fans were telling them three, two, one. For the entire the fourth ball. quarter. For the entire fourth Snap quarter. The ball. This wasn't just like a one-time spoof, goof, ha, 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 funny, funny. This was like part of the game plan from the fans. <laughs> which, my, which my dad mocked because he was like, you know, if you don't tell everybody in the world when the play clock is, usually the refs will give you like an extra second, right? It can go to one to zero, and then you get like one extra beat, and they're like, "Okay, now it's delay again," because you're like you you messing it up for everybody. Like it's just you just got guys standing in three point stances for forty seconds. But the fans were like, "Just tell like our team is so bad, our team is so operationally malpracticing right now that we we have to tell them when the when the clock comes out." So. Um. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Chiefs Chargers. We have we. Isn't it sad, Carrington? They gave us. They probably gave us one of the best divisional games, like in week two on a Thursday night. Like some of these other games may not be as, not as exciting as we thought they would be when the season came out or when free agency was really getting going in, in March. Like the best game left in the AFC West is probably Chiefs Chargers in in early November. I want to make this point before we get out of here and get your opinion on it. We spend a lot of time talking about the schedule, man. A lot of time arguing schedule, right? It, it aren't, isn't the NFL great at this? Look at the schedule right now, though. Right. Indy, week. Vegas, Boo-boo. week. Boo-boo. Indy is straight. Tampa, week. Right. We spend so much time. Oh, the schedule is so tough. The moment they start playing games, you're like, hold on. <laughs> Tampa Bay hasn't scored over 20 points yet. Right. Right. Indianapolis is the bottom five team in the league right Matt, now. Matt Ryan might be. Okay, we got... I'm going to give him another week, Carrington. Because, you know, Michael Pittman didn't play. And that, you know, he he's good. Okay. But Matt Ryan might be cooked. Cooked. Done. He might be he might be going from medium well to well done. Like, as we speak. Terrible. It, they just score yesterday, Carrington. You know how hard it is to not score in an NFL game? It's tough. Especially against Jacksonville. You have Jonathan Taylor. Yarn score. Yarn score? Especially against Jacksonville. No, it's tough. So, hey. I know Willie Gay's out for Sunday's game against the Colts. The Colts have literally shown nothing on offense. And Michael Pittman's dealing with an injury. Alec Pierce, who's supposed to be like they're really good, 
you know, uh, rookie wide receiver who they took before Sky Moore in the second round. Hey, he's supposed to be something. He didn't play on Sunday. So, hey, maybe that helps Matt Ryan, but... Yeah, the schedule the schedule looks a little a little more of a smoother path, you know, before that week six showdown against the Buffalo Bills, who um, are handling their business at least early in this in this Monday night game against the Tennessee Titans. I saw a stat earlier, and I'm sure it's been updated now since then. This was right before we went on the air. In the last four regular season games, Buffalo has 17 touchdowns and four punts. Jesus, <laughs> I, got, I don't say I don't say the good Lord's name. Too Isn't that often, crazy? Whew, yeah. And, and and those games date back to playoff games, you know, where, like, the teams are good. <laughs> like, yeah, wild. Just, Doesn't make any sense. Like, they, they punk the, the, the world champs in their home stadium to open the schedule, like, when they unveiled their banners. So, yeah, Josh Allen, really good. That's the real test. You know, for the Chiefs right now, you know, maintain what you've done so far. You know, the offense hasn't really turned the ball over. Um, the defense has been opportunistic and has been pretty good in, in tackling in the open field. So just do what you can, you know. Um, they should beat the Colts on Sunday. You have a primetime game against Tom Brady. But, you know, like you said, Tampa Bay been looking kind of weak. I don't trust the Raiders. So they should probably win that game on Monday night at home. And, uh, and then, yeah, and then the Bills on October 16th, primetime, 3 o'clock. CBS. What's a team that? What's a team that, even though they have a good record, you don't think is indicative of what the record says that they are? In terms of up or down, just like two and zero, oh or <sighs> that's a good question. One and one, you're like, uh, I don't know this team. Because right now, I feel like half the league is one and one. Right. I saw it was like 13 teams out of the 10 teams that lost. Or, you know, I mean, it was something like that. Like 13 of the teams that lost last week once. So like everybody's one and one right now. Yeah. So so what's fascinating is I think they're I think they're an afternoon game. I think they're after Chiefs Colts. But a lot of fans here should watch Buccaneers Packers because I'm not sure either team is like as impressive as they've been in, in past years. You know, Aaron Rodgers played poorly in, in the opener against Minnesota on the road. They, you know, they had a comfortable win against a, you know, rebuilding Chicago Bears team that does not really want to win a ton of games this year. Um, and look, I mean, Tampa Bay beat, uh, they beat the Saints team without Alvin Kamara and Dak Prescott and the Cowboys were also lifeless to start their season um, in week one. So I think those two teams are, are teams that I'm really interested in watching just because you know you're going to play one here pretty soon from the Chiefs' standpoint with Tampa Bay. And look, Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers has always been a a championship you know, caliber playoff contender team. They might not be good this year. You know, they're one and one because they, they beat the Chicago Bears, who will win maybe four games all season. But if, if, if Green Bay loses to Tampa Bay, I think it might spell sort of a, a downswing for them as they enter the twilight of Aaron Rodgers' career. You have a lot of pull with the league. Can you make it where we never get a nationally televised Packers and Bears game ever again? Ever again. Not why, with is the, that, why is that game Sunday night football? Because it's, it's historical, Carrington, because it's the longest-running rivalry in the NFL because That's Chicago's, a a, game. Cause Chicago's a big market. That's a Thursday night game. Of course it is. It's the worst <laughs> game. It's the worst <laughs> game. I hate it. I now, do you, hey, now, 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 do you want to see Panthers-Falcons anytime soon on Sunday night? No. Well, hey. 
Some games are Packers, Packers, Cowboys, Packers, Bears. This is the world we live in. Hey, do you want to see the New York Giants? I'm sorry, they're gonna play on. They're gonna play on Sunday Night Football here real soon. The Cowboys, I'm sure. Of course. Nate Taylor Show. Always great catching up with you, my man. Let's hand things off to Dusty Likens. Take care of yourself. Keep it locked in on Six Ten Sports Radio. Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.